This is episode number 51. Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Andrea Samadhi. I'm a former educator who's been fascinated with understanding the science behind high performance strategies in schools, sports, and the workplace for the past 20 years. Each week, we bring you an expert who's risen to the top of their industry with specific strategies that you can implement, whether you're a student or teacher in the classroom or working in the corporate world to take your results to the next level. If you're like me and love to learn, grow, challenge yourself, and are always looking for that competitive edge, listen closely to the tips our next guest has to say. Write down the ones that you wanna implement immediately. Our guest today has been training my husband and I since we were dating back in 2006, and I can honestly say I would never hire another trainer after working with him. He not only challenges our fitness and nutritional goals, but also wants to know what's going on with our business and family life. Let me tell you more about this incredible entrepreneur. Kelly Schmidt is one of the leading personal training and fitness experts in Arizona, who has for over 20 years been working with personal training, health and development experience all over the world with his online and in-person training programs. When Kelly graduated from high school, he was 115 pounds, which is really hard to believe when you look at him today. But he says he felt like he was the little guy which fueled his transformation and took him to third place in his first professional bodybuilding show just five years ago. He now coaches busy professionals all over the world in person at his gym in Glendale, Arizona, and with his online training programs to help people fit health and fitness into their lifestyle for long-term sustainable results. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for that intro, too. It sounds, uh, it makes me sound cooler than I probably am. <laughs> I'm excited to be, you get to see my side of things all the time, and now I get to see, be a part of the things, so thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, well, first of all, Kelly, it was you that gave me the idea to do my podcast recorded like this. And one of my training sessions, when you told me I could do five more reps, and then you asked me how my business was going, so I'm supposed to do five more reps and talk. But it, thank you so much for the idea to record these, put them up on YouTube. That was that came from you. So absolutely awesome. Yeah. Good to hear. Well, Kelly, the minute I got notification that the gyms were closing, I thought of you to help people with all different stages of health with these strange times that were some of us are quarantined in our homes. And you came to my mind immediately because you've been working with me all year on workouts that I can do at home and spend less time in the gym. And I've been seeing posts from people all over the place at different stages, you know, beginners to people that just want to be challenged and can't get out of the house. So I do want to say a disclaimer for anybody that's beginning this health and fitness journey to definitely consult with a healthcare professional before beginning with any sort of training program. The first question I have for you, it's, it's a wide topic and it's on nutrition. And we all have different nutritional goals. Some people want to lose weight, other people want to gain weight and add more muscle. What would you suggest to be some best practice for all of us with our nutrition these days? I know it's stressful times. People have the urge to want to eat and do bad habits, but what, what are you doing these days? How has your um, nutrition changed? And are there any staple foods that maybe you used to get that you can't get? What's going on with you with your nutrition these days? 
So I love this question here right now, and it's, uh, it's a very interesting, strange time. We're in history right now, and uh, you know, I've never been privy, thank God, to a pandemic before, and one of this magnitude where it has kind of shut down a lot of things for a lot of people. So, you know, my, my business revolves around a gym or fitness center facility, whether it be in person or online, and then it also revolves around nutrition and typically putting things together uh, that somebody can follow it as far as like a structured plan. Now, I go about the way I facilitate nutrition a few different ways contingent on what the client needs. But what I found is most of the clientele that I work with want something structured as far as kind of here's what I eat, here's the times, this is what I need to get with, you know, very few options in there. So. What happened when, you know, this, this virus thing kind of broke out and obviously we saw all the panic buying and, and those things happening is people were buying up <clears throat> a lot of foods and proteins, uh, beans, rice, potatoes was a big one that people were, were scooping up. So, you know, I have a lot of online clients and in-person clients and what I started getting, uh, I, a lot of my clients reach out to me and saying, I can't find these types foods and these things I need, I can't stay on my meal. And I was like, wow, like, you know, um, that was interesting to me to see and witnessed it myself, you know, because I'm a big uh, purveyor of practice what you preach. And I found I wasn't able to find a lot of the basic staples of the things that I needed. So um, that is getting better now from what I'm seeing. I think the panic buying has kind of dissipated a little bit. So it is getting better. But I had a, a probably I would say 90% of my clientele, whether it be in person or online, was like, I can't get these things I need. So what I had to do is figure out a way to, given the situation and scenario, and I'm still, you know, mainly with the nutrition, is how can, what can we do here, right? <clears throat> so what's been going on too, and I see a lot, you know, via social media and things like that, obviously people are quarantined. They're having to stay home. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of, you know, uh, comfort food eating going on. And what I'm preaching to my clients and myself too is we just have to find a way to stay on track right now. So what I've switched my clients that were using, um, you know, the structured meal plans is I've gone to a macro-based meal plan where I give them their caloric intake for the day, their proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, at least for them to stay within some kind of range. Because if they can't it would be too hard for me to navigate 40 different people and say, okay, well, this is what you can get today, so this is what we're going to eat. So I've had to educate them on how to at least stay on track right now. And I believe that's the most important thing. Um, right now, it's almost kind of like a little bit of a, a survival type thing when it comes to, to health and nutrition or uh, health, nutrition, and fitness. We're, we have to do what we can. So the situations are not ideal. So what I have done is switched most of my clients to a macro-based plan where they essentially can eat the things that they have access to, but there's still structure to stay within proteins, carbs, fats, macros, and their caloric intake for the day. As far as the gym, a lot of my programs are based on somebody being able to access a fitness facility with equipment and all the different things. Most of my clients don't have at-home workout equipment. That's part of why they hire me is to give them some structure as far as, okay, when I go to the gym, I don't know what to do. Um, I want somebody to tell me what to do. So obviously when that was removed, I had to go, okay, 
I do have some very, I did have some very basic workout protocol, but what I had to do is create some new workout protocol that people could do from home. Now that was another, and that's been another little bit of a test too, because some people have no equipment. And right now, obviously when this happened, the same thing with food, you can't get fitness equipment right now. You can't order it from Amazon. You can't order it from a lot of these places. They're back ordered because as soon as this happened, everybody's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So the people that didn't have anything, if they didn't jump on it fast enough, they weren't able to get anything. So I've got clients you know, that have some dumbbells. I've got clients that have some resistance tubing or bands. And I have clients that have nothing. So I had to create new workout protocol for them to be able to follow follow things at home and at least stay active. So again, with, you know, with the programs I typically give out, there's a lot of structure. This is what we do. The main objective for me with them now is just to keep them moving and keep them in a habit and not letting them fall off and go, okay, because we can't do this, we can't do this, we just give up. So with the foods, we are taking a smarter approach and still having structure, even though we may not be able to get some of the things that, that they, they may need. As far as exercising, here's the thing. You know, when we get into wanting to look a certain way, there are some necessities as far as the gym is concerned. But right now, it's more of let's just stay physically active. Is it ideal? Absolutely, it's not ideal. But the situation is what it is. So my thing with clients or anybody that may watch this is like stay in a routine, keep the habits, at least have a guideline for what you bring into your body, and then just move. If you don't have gym equipment, there's a lot of different things you could do. And, and as of right now, we're still allowed to hike and bike ride and do all of those things. But even if not that, it's just burn calories. That means if it's jump roping in place and you pretend like you have a jump rope, the main objective is to kind of stay within those habits right now. <clears throat> Got it. And I know that you taught me a lot of things. Like you got me onto these bands. Yes. And I've been using these. And what's shocking is that I can run up a mountain and it doesn't phase me at all. My body doesn't hurt. But make me go across the room with this and I can yeah. barely walk after this. So some of these resistance training things that you taught me, even these bands yeah. here, some of these things I know, I'm going to look on Amazon and put some of the links in the show notes, but if these are available, they're small little things that make a huge difference of me not being able to go see you or go into my gym down the road. Right. So, so that's, a, that's a perfect example there. And, and that's the thing. So I've put together some different workouts that – you know, incorporate tubing, they incorporate the bands, they incorporate, I've got body weight only exercises, and some people do have dumbbells. So what I've done, and I've actually, you and I talked about this a little before, is I've created, you know, for people that need help right now, at least through this month, I'm giving, you know, people that are not clients access to my app that has, you know, eight days worth of home workouts. So they can kind of pick and choose. There's descriptions, there's videos as far as how to do those things. So, and everybody has different stuff. And if you can still get a hold of that stuff, it's great to get a hold of, period. I have a client of mine in uh, Philadelphia and he got some resistance bands and he wanted a specific workout for what he had. So I put it together and he's actually been really happy with it. He says, he's like, I better burn in my living room than I was getting in the gym. Part of that is, is probably because we've switched it up. It's good to switch things up sometimes, but he's still been able to be very efficient just with like that yellow band that you had there. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I, it's, it's shocking because it was you that had me start to track what I was burning to start with. You asked me in one of my training sessions, you know, how much, how many calories are you burning on your hike? And I didn't know. It's like, you know, we, we know to know our business numbers. I know those inside and out, but I blanked on what, how many calories am I burning in a hike? I just guessed. And then you told me to get the watch and, you know, you could use a Fitbit but tracking those, it was shocking as well for me to compare going on a walk with my husband to see the calories burned there or energy used is not too much different from what I was doing on the elliptical. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I would think I would be burning way less going on a walk, but you know, walking is great for mm -hmm. energy burn. And I wouldn't have thought that unless I measured it. And that's one of the things with that. That's for people that are, that may watch this or, or see this is, and that's what I do with a lot of my stuff. So I'll track what somebody burns on a resistance training workout. I'll track what somebody burns on a cardiovascular workout. You know, back in the day, we'd go, Hey, go do 30 minutes on, you know, a treadmill. Well, there's a lot of variables that's going to play into the caloric expenditure that somebody has when they do that activity, things like muscle mass, body fat, you know, conditioning level. I'm not going to burn the same as you're going to burn on the exact same exercise. So it's important to kind of know what your body does. And when we factor in nutrition calories, whether you're trying to build muscle or you're wanting to lose body fat, which is most people want to do, or just stay conditioned, all of those variables come into play with somebody being successful. And if you don't know those metrics, it's just like you said with business, right? I see you post a lot of the metrics from what you're, what you have going with this podcast. If you didn't, how would you know how you're doing, how you're reaching? So this is the same way. And it's like a lot of the stuff in the fitness industry tends to be very archaic still. So with you tracking and, and we watch what each other do, cause we both share the, the Apple watch, but it allows me with a client to know, instead of going, just go do the treadmill or the Stairmaster, I can say, look, you need to burn X amount of calories four or five times a week, whatever the case may be factored in with your caloric intake from your nutrition, we should see these results happen. If they don't, at least we have some metrics to go and figure out where might the discourse be. <clears throat> because the, the, what I'm noticing as well with tracking numbers is there's nowhere in there that I track what I'm eating. So I just, that's separate. So I know the calories in and then I can just watch and see am I gaining weight or am I losing weight? Do I need to exercise less or more? So how, how do you add that in? Well, that, so for instance, with my clientele, I manage all of that stuff via my app that I use for my clients. So again, when I put together a meal plan, let's say a structured plan, like I was talking about initially, I will take in and put in somebody's uh, BMR to get some starting numbers. Now, there's a lot of variables that come into putting a meal plan together too. I look at different things like blood work. I look at blood type to kind of see where they're at, see what their activity level is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into initially putting a program together. But when I structure a program, I will essentially set up their proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and calories based on what they're doing. The macros is the same way. Now, if somebody obviously doesn't have my protocol and what I'm using, if you did want to track your foods, 
One of the best ways to do it is to use my fitness pal. You can download that in the app store or whatever the, uh, the Android one is. And you can literally, I think you would have to do the paid option, which I think is like 60 bucks for the year, but you can even go in there and enter your weight, how much you'd like to see lose. Now it's a, it's a more blanketed, you know, they're not going to take into account every single thing, but at least it's going to give you some structure. So obviously if somebody's not working with me or another fitness professional that provides this service, you can still track your foods and it will actually take into account your activity level, things that you've done. You can enter all that stuff in uh, under my fitness pal and you can manage your foods by that and, and in, input your activity level as well. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate everything that you've taught me over the years. It's been um, making small incremental changes to get to the point that I am finally understanding where I'm supposed to be. But I want to go back to 2006. I had a doctor out here that took me off sugar. Uh, I had some, some health issues that I was going through. Um, and I thought that they were related to how much exercise I was doing. Like I, got, I was feeling numbness in my feet. And he said, let's take you off sugar and see what happens. And he's actually written a book called Sugar Crush, How to Reduce Inflammation, Reverse Nerve Damage, and Reclaim Good Health. And I'm telling you, all these issues went away. And he had me going off of even high glycemic fruits like pineapple and banana. So I just wonder when you're making shakes or advising your, um, your clients, what do you think about sugar? What impact do you see it having on you, especially with your bodybuilding? And do you advise people to stay away from high glycemic fruits? So that's, that's, that's a, tricky one. That's one of those ones that doesn't have a specific answer, but I'm glad you asked it because I can at least share what my opinions or theory is with it, with some backing of science. I also do have a resource on this uh, on my YouTube channel that goes into greater detail, my thoughts about this. Now, when your doctor decided to do that with you, was that via blood work? No, it was, uh, he was one of the best foot doctors. So I went in because I'm telling you, I couldn't feel my feet at all. And, and I was hiking a lot. When I, when I get stressed out, I turn to exercise for, um, for stress relief. And so then I was noticing all these things, numbness in my feet. And I thought maybe I was pre-diabetic or something. And so they sent me to this, my doctor sent me to this foot doctor and he was specializing in diabetes and thought, well, let's just see what happens if we put you on some supplements and get you off sugar. And he had me eating like uh, what was kind of like the ketogenic diet, like really high fats back then. And, and I'm telling you, everything turned around for me back then. Even some issues that were doctors told me that I probably couldn't conceive and have children. I was told that years ago and that went away like immediately. And now I've got two, two girls. Through all of that though, right? These kind of diagnosis is that you were being provided with. Was there ever blood work used? No. Okay. No. So for instance now, and obviously everybody's learning right <clears throat> now, blood work in the past was kind of one of those like last ditch. Let's, let's figure it out. Now, what I do with a lot of my clients because of situations like this, and as I'm getting older, my clientele is getting older, is I have people get blood work. You know, you may have been showing things with your A1C or your blood sugar or things like that long before you started experiencing any of these kind of symptomatic type things that you were seeing. So, you know, with something like that, I personally, you know, not being a medical professional, but I would, and even for a doctor, sometimes it's hard to 
gauge or guesstimate those things, which is why they'll have you do blood work because it shows at you know at the cellular biological hormonal level what's going on with the body. And you may have had precursors or markers long before you kind of ran into this. Now, aside from that, uh, sugar reducing sugar is a no brainer. Okay, I mean, period. It's an inflammatory substance. All, our bodies can only utilize so much of it in our bloodstream at any one given time. Now, it doesn't matter, and you talked about glycemic. There's low glycemic and there's high glycemic. So to clarify for people that are, are watching this is the glycemic index is really how fast whatever you eat comes in and breaks down and gets into your bloodstream, okay? So if I always like to use the example when we talk about carbohydrates, okay? And there's a video on my YouTube where I go more in depth in this as well. So if somebody wanted to learn more, they could, they could watch that. But when you talk about low glycemic, low glycemic or high glycemic, that's basically how fast a carbohydrate, okay? And there's a number of different carbohydrate types, but gets into your blood, gets into your body, gets into your system, breaks down into your bloodstream. The final thing of all carbohydrates, sugar, anything coming in is going to be glucose or glycogen. Okay, that is actually what our bodies and our muscles use as an energy source, but we can only utilize so much at any one given time. Anything that is high glycemic is going to get in fast and your body may not be able to process, utilize it, break it down. It's going to go to, it's, when you bring in carbohydrates or sugars, it's going to go to muscle storage, muscle storage first. It'll take what it needs there to help repair energy. It'll go to liver next. Once liver's full, it'll go to fat stores, okay? So typically when somebody's overweight, we're gonna look at what does the carbohydrate or sugar intake look like? And essentially those are the two same things, okay? Now there are different types of sugars, okay? And you asked about the fruit. Now, you may genetically be somewhat more predisposed to be sensitive to glycogen, glucose, or sugars, period, the way your body breaks it down or utilizes it. Now, there's a lot of other things, especially being a female, that can play into that from a hormonal standpoint too. So it's not a one-size-fits-all type of scenario, but to keep it blanketed too much, any types of sugars is not going to be good for anyone. If we're looking at somebody that's overweight or needs to lose weight, we're absolutely going to want to limit that. Now, the problem with fruits is, yes, they do have sugar, but they have naturally occurring sugar, which is called fructose. Your body will actually process, metabolize, and use that a lot better than, let's say, a refined sugar like a Coca-Cola. The body knows what to do with it, but here's the thing, okay, and with fruit. Anytime you're eating anything in excess, it doesn't matter if it's carbohydrates or fats, your body's only going to be able to utilize so much of any one of those things at any given time. So if you're bringing in too much, you're going to run into issues. So with fruit, yes, there are higher glycemic fruits and there are lower glycemic fruits. Berries fall under the lower glycemic fruit. You mentioned bananas and pineapple. Those are higher glycemic. So they will get into the bloodstream faster. Someone like myself will use, for an example, I'm fairly lean. I have a lot of muscle tissue. My requirement for glycogen or glucose is going to be higher than somebody that's 50 or 60 pounds overweight and their body isn't as efficient. So with, within that, I eat a ton of fruits, okay? My blood sugar, I get my blood work done every six months. My, my A1C, my blood sugar always stays fairly uh, normal within the normal ranges or the, the good normal ranges. 
I'm highly, highly active. I am a fuel burning machine. So with that, you know, if somebody felt that they were having, like you were having problems, the first thing I would recommend at this point is that they get their blood work done. Their sugars, their blood sugar and their A1C, if they ask to have that done, which is a bigger picture of what the blood sugar does over months, that would give them a good indicator if they're, if they're where they're at. If somebody's overweight, you don't even need to see blood work. They need to reduce sugar intake. And that would include fruit at the beginning, okay? There has to be a deficit in order to lose weight. If somebody's very lean and has a lot of muscle, highly active, burns a ton of calories, I would ask, you know, unless there's any kind of genetic predisposal that would say otherwise via blood work or hormonal testing, then I would say eat fruit. Now, drinking Cokes, things like that, that's not going to be ideal. And you, you, we have what's called uh, fibrous carbohydrates, which are going to be your veggies, okay? And when people go, oh, I'm doing no carbs, but they're eating vegetables, they're still eating carbohydrates. They're a very very low glycemic type carbohydrate, which means they're going to process break down very, very slow within the body. You have complex carbohydrates, which are things like rice and oats, which are going to break down, uh, you know, kind of a medium in there, much slower than a simple. And you got simple carbohydrates, which are going to be your refined processed sugars, Coca-Cola, things like that, that break down very fast in the body. The body can't utilize them, ultimately will store as fat. But it's still an excess in caloric intake. So that would be, and I hope I didn't confuse it with that, but that would be contingent really on the individual, okay? My glucose, glycogen, carbohydrate intake is going to be much higher than a individual my age that is less active and is maybe 25, 30 pounds overweight. So the, 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 the fuel intake would be different. It's like I, I like to use, you know, you can have a Ferrari and you can have a moped. They're both going to get you somewhere from a vehicular type standpoint, but each of them are going to produce different results and use different fuel, if, if you understand that. Was that Definitely. too much? <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's, it's all, it's a, a process to figure out what works, you know, I, and it is, but it's, it's one of those things like any other process, you know, you, you've started different things with business. You don't always necessarily know where you start out, but the nice thing now with health, fitness and nutrition is there's so many different ways and, and testing available to be as strategic as you can, you know, and back to, uh, talking about blood work and things like that, but blood type is very important. I'm amazed by how many people don't know their blood type. And just because you get your blood work done or you get labs done regularly doesn't mean they're going to give you your blood type. You actually need to ask to have your blood type done, whether it be A, A positive, A negative, O, you know. You want to know those things because there's, there's a lot of data out there that shows, you know, based on your blood type, you will process, utilize. Do you know your blood type? Be positive. It's easy to remember. Good. So the way, what blood type you have will dictate how your body utilizes certain things. So what's happened with me with, you know, since I've really been going this route is, you know, I'll have somebody, uh, an online client, for instance, I had one, uh, I have one just recently, a newer guy, and he was eating what he thought was healthy, right? Because what you see online or this and that, he just wasn't seeing the results that he wanted. And his blood type was A negative. So everything that he was eating, which for all intensive purposes was healthy, was causing an inflammatory response within his body. So we had to go and really do kind of an unorthodox meal plan. In his first week, he lost seven pounds. And his pictures from his first week 
you could actually see the inflammation kind of reduce. But for all intents and purposes, he was eating healthy and making smart food choices. But just based on his blood type alone, it was causing some inflammatory responses in his body. And that's the other thing, you know, I've had people I work with where we don't see certain things happening the way we want, the way they should be. And they may have food allergies that have built up. I've had people with food allergies to chicken, to eggs, to certain kind of vegetables, to potatoes, like some fruits. It's crazy. So, you know, we need to look at those kinds of things too. If you're really looking now starting out, Obviously, you want to build muscle, you're going to be in a surplus, you want to lose weight, you're going to be in a deficit, great place to start. But as you progress with anything, there needs to be more strategy behind it. <clears throat> got it. And then let's bring in celery juicing, because you got us hooked on this a few years ago. And then I started following Anthony William. He's at Medical Medium on Instagram. He's written a book all about celery juice helping heal millions of people now in the beginning i didn't know why we were doing this i thought you know what's this going to help us with and it definitely helped my husband with his energy levels but what why would you have recommended celery juicing what benefits have you been seeing with your clients? do you have any of uh anthony williams books on my phone absolutely yes uh, okay we have them all and what kind of turned me on to him is my wife um she's got an autoimmune disorder uh, called Epstein-Barr, and we're not going to get into that, but uh, there's a lot of things, foods out there, even foods that are, are supposed to be healthy that can inflame the body, right? So she's kind of the one that turned me on to it. And part of with anything with what we do, um, if we're like, if we're going to recommend something, again, I, I practice what you preach. I want to, I tried everything out there over my, you know, 25 years in this business, because if somebody asks me something, I want to be able to, you know, at least give my opinions to what it was. So, yeah, we got really big on the celery juice because with her autoimmune, it was, it's something that has been shown to kind of help with it. But, uh, and if somebody wants to learn more, I would say uh, Anthony Williams, probably one of the biggest leading experts in this, a lot of data behind it, um, an, uh, an amazing individual. So we love that guy. So if somebody wants to delve more, I would say, look at Anthony Williams, the medical medium. But, you know, some of the reasons, some of the basic ones here of drinking celery juice helps lower inflammation, so weight loss helps heal and digestion, reduces bloating, helps eczema and psoriasis, fights infections, helps prevent UTIs, healing for acne, prevents high blood pressure, helps lower high cholesterol, helps prevent ulcers and protects liver health. Now there's a lot more out there too and there's a lot more data as far as like the phytonutrients and some of the, <clears throat> I don't want to say chemicals uh, in there because it's not chemicals, but minerals, vitamins, things like that. Uh, within the celery. So yeah, we were big on that for a while. Some of the things I did notice, and it's hard for me sometimes because people will ask like, well, what do you think? You know, what did you notice? Right? I always feel pretty good. I never am like, ah, you know, because I'm pretty much balanced. Now, will I have some things I incorporate, implement, maybe pull out? Yeah. But I'm very, very like regimented. I kind of stick to the same things. I kind of eat the same foods. I do yeah. the same. Workout. So, um, you know, as far as all of those things, I did notice it really kind of helped uh, kind of clear me out from a digestive standpoint. So 
Um, some people like, you know, let's say you backed up, you're backed up or you don't have movements, you know, as often as you'd like to. And women tend to run into that more. It may help with that. And I will tell you with the celery juice, you know, there's, there's two sides to the coin. There's people that go, ah, it doesn't do anything. There's people like, oh my gosh, it's changed my life. When it comes to something like that, I say, try it and try it for like 30 days, 60 days. Don't go for a week and go, ah, it didn't do anything for me, right? 30 days, 60 days, see if you notice anything. Pay attention to your body. I will tell you one thing I really did notice with it is it seemed to help my skin. And I had people actually complimenting like on my skin, how healthy my skin looked. So that's one thing I guess I could say I noticed there. Um, but as far as like, oh my gosh, did it change my life? You know, I can't say that either, but it's, uh, it's a root vegetable. Like, is it going to be bad for you? No, absolutely not. So if you can take in some extra phytonutrients, which are going to be great for the cells in your body, then why not do it? But it's funny because everybody got on a big kick with it, which drove up the prices of celery. Then you couldn't find it. But I do a lot of juicing. I actually like juicing's kind of become a hobby for me. So I experiment with a lot of different um, juices and things like that. So we do celery still a couple times a week, but I'm always experimenting with different things. Is it a good rule of thumb to do it? Sure. Is it going to change your life? There's people on medical medium, Anthony Williams uh, Instagram page that absolutely say, yes, it does. So um, did it negate anything or change greatly with some of Tina's stuff? She got her blood work done again. We haven't noticed anything on as far as those metrics are concerned. So, but is it going to hurt you? No, I would say try it if it's something you wanted to try. It's, it's a good, it's a good practice, right? So that, that would be my take on that. What about supplements? So supplements for me have always changed over the years. I follow different people. I'm following Dr. Daniel Amen and I'm adding some new brain supplements. He talks a lot about how most people are deficient in fish oil. So I don't go a day without my fish oil, even though it's tastes. What kind of fish oil are you doing? Um, just the omega-3 um, liquid form. Is it a 369 or just an omega-3? Yeah, the 369 kind. So again, with that, what I recommend for somebody is getting blood work done. You could get a vitamin and mineral panel done that would give you some better insight into that. What people do with supplements a lot is they're taking stuff that they don't need. And most of the supplements out there, out there are not like amazing, great quality. I don't do a ton of supplements. And again, just like anything else, I'll mix in things and I'll mix out things. I personally feel, and, and there's a lot of data to back this up too, is if you are doing kind of everything right, as far as nutritionally speaking and lifestyle is concerned, you shouldn't need to put a lot of that stuff into the body. So I'm always cycling things in and out. Right now, I know you'd asked uh, what I was kind of doing. I have increased my zinc intake because it is good for the immune system. Um, I have increased or I have started using elderberry because it's a, it has been shown to be good for the immune system with everything that's going on right now. Um, I do take glucosamine and chondroitin for joint health. Um, I, you know, I've been biking a lot lately, hiking. So it's just something good. It's all natural kind of inflammatory agent helps lubricate the joints. I do that. I do some different heart health medicine, uh, medicines. I do one called Cardatone. And I do another, uh, basically like, a, it's called, forget what it's called. It's called heart health or something, but it's a dropper and it's supposed to just help. I do have high cholesterol 
genetically speaking in my family. So even with the nutrition and don't get me wrong, I, I have times I literally, I kind of eat what I want, but 95% of the time I'm staying regimented, but I also don't deprive myself and I put the 25 years into getting it. But I, I have, my cholesterol does tend to run a little bit high sometimes. So I do some different kind of heart health things right now. <clears throat> I'm not big on multivitamins and things like that. Um, again, if you're eating kind of a balanced diet, you're gonna get a lot of the things that you need. The other thing again, like I said, would be the blood work. It's gonna show you. So I actually do take a vitamin D3 liquid supplement. I do see a naturopath and I am deficient in vitamin D and, and vitamin, vitamin D, you know, I would just tell somebody to research it, but there's a lot of benefit to it if you need it. But if you're not deficient in it, then you don't need to bring it into the system. So my blood work showed that I was deficient in vitamin D. Uh, a vitamin D, just one thing is, is good for helping prevent cancer for one. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. I do do a greens supplement, powdered supplement, and I do a, I just cut in a uh, reds supplement, which is like a fruit powder base. So I'll do first thing in the morning, every day without fail, I do 16 ounces of lemon and lime water just to help with the alkalinity of the body. Also lemon and lime First thing in the morning has been shown to be a liver detox, so it helps kind of clear out the liver, kind of get it ready for the day. So I'll do that, and then I do a scoop of my greens, a scoop of my reds. I do eight drops of liquid zinc. I mix all that together, and then I shoot it down. I also do a beet kvass, which is a fermented beet product. It's shown to be great for your cardiovascular system. So, and beets are good for the cardiovascular system. That's proven. So before like people do pre-workouts, I don't do any of that stuff. So before I go on a ride or a hike, I do two ounces of beet kvass and I drink that down. And I have actually noticed that my performance increases from a cardiovascular standpoint when I do that. So that's kind of where I'm at um, as of now. But if you, you know, the brain supplements and things like that, those have been around forever. Um, I haven't experimented too much with that stuff again, because I feel pretty sharp for the most part, you know, so there's a lot of things out there and, you know, supplements aren't regulated by the FDA. So, you know, somebody can put something out there and be like, this is what that does. And it has to fall under certain criteria, but that criteria is not totally managed either. So, um, and then I do, uh, I do fiber, I'll do psyllium husk before bed, <clears throat> just to kind of help with my, I do that without fail, just to get extra fiber in and keep me regular. And I'm regular, you could set your clock to me almost. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now, but those things will phase in and phase out too, kind of based on what's going on with my life. So for instance, uh, once we know where we're at with this coronavirus situation, I may remove the zinc and the elderberry just because I don't like to take a bunch of pills either if I don't have to. <clears throat> so, but if somebody wants to know maybe what they're deficient in, get a vitamin and mineral panel. That'll tell you what your body's deficient. And instead of just going and buying, you know, oh, I'm taking vitamin C and, and I, I actually don't do vitamin C as of now, you know, there's some of it in my stuff, but I eat a lot of citrus fruit. When I juice, I do a lot of citrus fruit. 
And I actually do do intravenous IV therapy sometime, and I will do vitamin C when I do that. So I do like the IV therapy for kind of loading the, the nutrients in at one shot. So, and again, does that make or break? I just enjoy doing it. It mentally, maybe it's a placebo makes me feel better, but I like to intravenously do, um, you know, there's a, it's called a Myers cocktail. So it's a bunch of different vitamins and it's given intravenously. So it actually gets into the system a lot better because it doesn't go through the same processing through the digestive tract, the rest of the body that, you know, some of the pills and supplements that we take have to go through. Got it. (laughs) That was a far more deep and intense answer than I thought that you were going to say, even for someone that doesn't take a lot of supplements, it gave me a lot to think about. But, but here's, the, here's the thing, let me leave you with that, is if you really want to know what you're deficient in from a supplement standpoint, get your blood work done. Get a vitamin and mineral panel, it'll show you what you're deficient in, and you may defi- be deficient in vitamin A, uh, you may be deficient in vitamin D, like me. So then you can focus on those things instead of going, oh, I'm just taking all this stuff because I saw it on Instagram or Facebook or this person did it. Again, you're looking at what works for you kind of at the biologically and genetically speaking. That way you're not taking a bunch of stuff that you don't need. Got it. Yeah. Well, besides exercise, cause I'm, I'm pretty tapped into what you, what you're doing now. And I know you're, we're going to talk in a little bit about um, some of the home exercise stuff that you have online, but what are you doing for your mental health? How are you and Tina handling the fact that your gym isn't open for the public? What, how are you guys handling all that? I am an attitude of gratitude kind of guy through everything. And I'll be honest, um, it's, it's, it's hard to escape what's going on in the world right now, but I have this very strange sense of enlightenment. And even though everything's closed down, it's really thrown our business upside down. Because two, you know, right now for me to pitch or sell online coaching is kind of hard to do because people are worried about their job. They don't know if they're going to die, you know, because of, of the stuff that we see. So it's, it's very hard. So I'm kind of, I'm helping nurture people right now in, in the standpoint when we come out of this, like this is where we'll be. So fortunately, Tina and I, you know, we're not necessarily prepared for something like this, but we're okay. Things closing down, shutting down isn't going to, you know, Uh, destroy us like it might do for a lot of businesses. But I I do feel strangely enlightened right now with what's going on. And I feel like we're going to have to go through some crap, right? But we will come out of this. Things will get better, whether they do or they don't. That's what I believe right now. And so for my mental health, one thing I do, and and you and I have talked about this, I meditate every morning. I just do a 10-minute meditation. I knew you do a more intense one. I am growing into that. So I use the Calm app off of, um, you know, the App Store on iPhone. They have lots of different guided meditations that that are great for the beginner. So I do that. Um, One thing I've been doing when I wake up every morning right now is I think about 10 things that I'm grateful for because I don't want to bring in the negativity before my day starts because there's plenty of that right now. I do a gratitude journal. So it's just a five minute gratitude journal. That's actually what it's called. You can get it on Amazon. So I do that. And then I'll listen to podcasts or, or uh, different audio books to try to kind of fill my head first thing in the morning. But right now um, I've limited. So on my phone, I limit my screen time from all social media applications. I'll get up in the morning, I'll look at it before I get ready for the day. And then from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I use the downtime feature and I stay off of it. 
I may pop onto Instagram, you know, to, to see if somebody's messaged me or just, you know, for a few minutes, <clears throat> but it turns back off. I stay off of Facebook right now. If you want to make yourself crazy, stay home, look at the news, look at Facebook and look at Instagram and you will absolutely go crazy. So I think I, I don't have my head in the sand, but I've told Tina, it doesn't matter if we sit here with fear or we sit here with positivity, nothing in the world is going to change right now. But if we sit here with fear or positivity, one of those two things is going to directly affect us for sure. So I, I, you know, I feel, I feel it's crazy what's going on. I sit back, I look at things. Don't get me wrong. I'm staying educated, but you are seeing, and the problem nowadays, I think more than anything is, is the media, right? And not just the mainstream media, but social media, because media can put something out there. Uh, Karen on Facebook sees it and put her spin on it. Now her 30 friends see it. They put their spin on it. It's like that game when you were a kid, when you would whisper and you go and by the end, it's something completely different. So, and unfortunately we can't depend on the mainstream media right now too, I feel. So, um, and I pray, I'm a believer. I have belief in a higher power. My higher powers, you know, Jesus. And I I pray a lot and I'm, I'm walking in faith. Um, and whatever somebody's faith may be, it doesn't matter what your, your religious or spiritual affiliation is. We can all have faith that things will get better. So it's very strange. Um, but yeah, I keep myself occupied. And I think so many people, especially with something like this, they've written out a routine. I'm staying in routine. Um, there's been a couple days. I usually get up at anywhere between, you know, 3.34 in the morning. But there's been a couple days where I've slept in a little bit more, but I still keep the routine. I'm staying physically active. Uh, you know, I enjoy mountain biking. I enjoy hiking. I do believe getting out in nature, and I know you can agree with this. The the rocks, the the plants, the, all that stuff gives us an energy, you know, and the sun. So many people right now are sitting inside their houses and eating garbage and being depressed and feeling like the world's ending and whatever. And if that's what you're going to believe, well, that's what your, that's what your psyche is going to believe, you know? So, um... I'm staying in routine, I'm staying positive, I'm limiting social media time, and that's what I'm doing right now. And like I said, I, and, I'm, and I'm working on some strategies. I'm working on business right now. There's some things I wanted to do that I didn't have time for, that I have a little more time for. So I'm learning right now, I'm educating myself, I'm keeping myself busy. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I love it. Kelly, thank you so much. You're, you're just an amazing guy to hang out with. I just love being around you. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and all you've done to support our family with their health and business ideas you've shared. Uh, for those who want to learn more about your online workouts, what's the best way um, to email you? What's your email? So like we talked, um, let, just a disclaimer, through this month, I am offering anybody that wants to get home workouts, you can utilize my app that's usually reserved for paying clients. I have, uh, right now I'm giving out five different free home workouts. So if you're interested in doing that, you can email me at kelly at lifefusionfitness and fusion is with a Z dot com and just say, hey, I'm interested in the free home workout protocol and I'll get everything sent over to you and get you set up in the app so that you at least you have something tangible to follow or they awesome. do. Awesome, thanks so much for that. Yes. And keep up the incredible work. You've been really busting your butt over there for years. I've been watching you and thanks for the decades of health tips and inspiration. I appreciate you, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. You too.
If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 